Hello, happy Monday. This is Cordelia on the We Healed Together podcast. I have Whitney Goodman today on the podcast with me. You may know her from her Instagram. She is Sit With Wit on Instagram. I've linked that in the show notes. She has like something like 350,000 followers. She posts really amazing content. And she is a licensed therapist, and she is based in Miami, Florida. I've linked her Instagram. I've also linked her, she has a lot of really great classes, like online classes that you can take. So I've linked that in the show notes as well. And her page is awesome. I love her Instagram. I feel like she has really amazing posts. She posts really research back posts and puts out a lot of just, you know, free educational materials. She is a trauma trained therapist and she is a licensed marriage and family therapist as well. Again, based in Florida, based in Miami. She works with couples and individuals And she has all these great courses, worksheets, and other kind of digital offerings as well. And again, just her Instagram page is really great. So I would definitely encourage you to check out the show notes and follow along. I definitely look forward to all of her posts and I was honored to get a chance to speak with her. On the podcast today, we talk about burnout And we dig into what it is, ways to, you know, work through burnout on your own, and we unpack a little bit of that. So I hope you enjoy the episode. If you like the content, my name is Cordelia. I also have an Instagram. My Instagram page is called at Codependent Recovery. A new podcast episode drops every Monday. This is the We Healed Together podcast. All of my info is in the show notes as well. Without further ado, let's get healing, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have you here. I have been following you on Instagram for quite a while. I think you're one of the first therapists on Instagram that I followed. So it's an honor to have you here and it's an honor to be speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. You know, one of the things that really drew me to your page on Instagram that really stood out against there's so many you know mental health pages and there's a lot of great ones but there's a lot of ones that give me pause and yours always stood out to me because I really felt like number one you always seem to do a lot of research you do advocate for people you know going to therapy and you put that information out there what made you see those kind of things as important 
when you were first coming on to Instagram as a therapist and kind of first joining that scene? I, for me, it was always important to kind of have a reason for why I was showing up on Instagram other than just like marketing my practice. I thought there needed to be kind of a deeper thing going on there. And so some of the things I really wanted to do was give people more education on therapy. I found a lot of people that were calling me were very confused, didn't know what it was going to be like, um, didn't know what to expect. And also there was just a lot of stigma around like seeking out mental health information, period. So to me, it's incredible that over the last two years, there's been such a shift in people sharing, liking, and publicly engaging with mental health content. And that was not happening before. It was people mostly just like Googling and kind of doing it in the shadows. Absolutely. I think, I mean, I think just how, you know, watching how your account has grown over these last few years has been speak so much to what you just said as well. You know, just seeing how many people clearly are very interested in that kind of content. That has to feel pretty incredible as a therapist and as a person that's creating content, I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really exciting um, to see people engaging with it publicly, like I said, and also to know that what we're talking about is resonating with people. Yeah. And I know you mentioned having a purpose outside of, you know, marketing for your practice. So for anybody who's listening and who's not familiar with you, can you tell me a little bit about the work that you do do? Yeah, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, I work in Miami, Florida, and I work mainly with individuals and couples who are dealing with relationship difficulties, and that might be family issues, romantic relationships, friendships, um, relationships at work. And I also work with a lot of people who just want to learn to experience their emotions more um, and learn how to feel things again. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's incredible. One thing I remember, I don't know if it was on your website, I saw it or somewhere along the lines of one of your posts. I remember seeing that you had mentioned that you were a trauma trained therapist. Can you kind of shed some light? Because I think that word, especially when we talk about Instagram and social media, I see that term all the time. And I think that would be really important to listeners out there to understand, like, what's a trauma-trained therapist, particularly, you know, for somebody who's shopping for a therapist and they're wondering what kind of things should I be looking for? Yeah, there's a big push on Instagram lately to talk about trauma all the time. And I think there's a really big difference between trauma-informed, which is a term that you'll see a lot, and a trauma-trained therapist. So anybody can really be um, trauma-informed, like a yoga teacher, um, even like a customer service agent. You could take trainings to help you understand how trauma impacts people, ways to be more sensitive, etc. A trauma-trained therapist is going to be somebody that is trained in a modality that has been validated and studied for the treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder, um, adverse childhood experiences, some of these things that are going to lead to trauma or PTSD. So I am personally trained um, 
in EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. I was doing a lot of that prior to the pandemic, but I really didn't like doing it online. So it's something that I've kind of taken a step back from until I'm back in the office, but it's a great therapy, especially for people who have tried talk therapy with little or no success. Absolutely. I think that's, you just bring a lot of, I mean, I like learning about your training background, but I also think it's really amazing all the education that you're putting out there for people, even the little nuances and the differences between the words, how important that is. Um, Cause I agree with you. There is such a push to use these terms um, in so- social media and marketing. So today we are really diving into the topic of burnout and I know that you have and I'm going to kind of address and go further into it you have so many awesome courses and one of the courses you have is on burnout and so that's why I thought you would just be so perfect to kind of go through this topic with us and explain it a little bit. So if we can just start at the most basic level can you just kind of briefly summarize what burnout is burnout is um, it's an emotional physical and mental exhaustion that's usually caused by excessive and prolonged stress so I think a good way of describing it is like this feeling that you just can't take on one more thing it's like you have no more emotional bandwidth and kind of like you're walking around with dark colored glasses on all the time yes and So one thing I found really interesting, even as you define it, is how my brain automatically starts to kind of visualize like a working career person. And when we hear the word burnout, I don't know if it's just me. I'm going to assume it's not just me. I think there does tend to be this tendency to think about burnout around career, working, maybe even studying for people who are in school. But burnout isn't just limited to those areas. So can you kind of walk us through, like, what are other ways that burnout can show up or exist within your life? You're definitely not alone in in just being like work that you visualize. And I think that's where (laughs) most of these conversations are happening because companies want to prevent work burnout so they can keep their employees productive and and working, right? But we see burnout in so many other areas. School is one that you mentioned or studying. I think also in relationships, um, the Gottman Institute calls it negative sentiment override. And it's really kind of the same thing. It's like experiencing burnout in your relationship where you start to see everything as negative and all the interactions are really stuck. Um, And then I also think you see a lot of burnout among parents. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. I think that's so cool for you to just, you know, break that down a little further because I do think just as I've heard people use that expression throughout life, like I'm so burnt out. You know, it's usually people you tend to use it in terms of work and school. So really cool distinction and way to break that down. I was wondering if you could break down for us the components of burnout. Yeah. So when we think about how 
burnout manifests, um, you're going to see it behaviorally. So you'll see it in your actions. The things that you do might start to change. You're also going to see changes emotionally. So maybe um, how you're feeling about things, the thoughts you're thinking, if you're crying more, et cetera. And then physically, signs will show up um, in terms of like physical health symptoms that result from burnout. Absolutely. And I definitely think at moments of my life, just anecdotally, when I've felt burnt out, I definitely haven't felt my best self and I've felt just generally more exhausted and, you know, I would say like working at a slower pace, even if that kind of makes sense. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Like it feels like you're like drudging through all the work that you have to get done. Everything takes a lot longer and more effort. Exactly. What are some signs? that somebody might be burnt out. Right. So I mentioned that we can see things show up in sort of these three different areas. So physically, um, you're probably going to feel tired and drained, like you just mentioned. You might even get sick all the time, like colds, have lowered immune functioning, headaches, muscle pain are frequent symptoms, changes in appetite, and also sleep disturbances or sleep disruption, whether it's a lot more sleep or a lot less sleep can be really common. And then emotionally, you're going to start to see like feeling like you're a failure, having a lot of self-doubt, you know, even those thoughts of, am I in the right career? Am I doing the right thing? A lot of anxiety. Um, I think feeling helpless, trapped, or defeated is very common, especially in the late parts of burnout when it's more severe and then we talked about like loss of motivation things feel very difficult and you might also feel more cynical and negative like those dark colored glasses that we talked about and then the behavioral changes you're going to see are sometimes more obvious to other people than those first two symptoms so you might procrastinate isolate yourself not complete with responsibilities or not take them on um, or even start skipping things and not showing up. I think that's so helpful just to lay out the signs the way you did and show that it it isn't just, you know, one category. It can really show up in a bunch of different ways in your life. What has the research shown in terms of Um, the stages of burnout? So I'm not sure if I've read any research on like how the stages progress, but if I had to guess, it would be like most um, mental health issues or even physical diagnoses where you're going to start out seeing a couple of signs and then things will steadily increase. And a lot of people don't get help or take note of anything until they're at like the far, far end. Right. If you pay close attention, you might notice one or two signs at the beginning and be able to stop yourself from getting much deeper in the hole. Yeah. Yeah. So at what point do you feel like as a therapist, people come to you about burnout, even if maybe at the time they're coming to you, they don't realize they're describing burnout? (laughs) 
everybody typically, I shouldn't say everybody, but the majority of people come very late in the game. Okay. Like they've been experiencing symptoms for a really long time. They think they should just be able to deal with it. And the noise has gotten so loud that now they're like, okay, I'm finally going to do something about this. Yeah, absolutely. When we talk about burnout, what is the stress cycle exactly? And how does that relate to burnout? Yeah, absolutely. So whenever we interact with any type of stressor, so that is something like external to us, right? Like maybe um, a deadline at work, something, uh, something catastrophic happens, whatever it is, a generic stress response in the body is activated. And this happens for most people. Um, And you get a cascade of neurological and hormonal activity that initiates a change in the body. And this is physiological. This is like built in to help you survive. And so this is when I see a lot of quotes of like, no one can make you feel anything without your consent, et cetera. And this just <laughs> isn't really true because your body reacts to incoming stimuli. And we can control right. how long it reacts for, the way it does, the severity, the story, but we can't just make ourselves not react to anything. Um, and so when you're when you do come in contact with one of these stressors, you're beginning the stress cycle. And you might notice that like your heart beats faster, your blood pressure increases, you're breathing more quickly. Some people, their muscles will get more tense. Um, Attention is more alert. They're very focused. So you can think about like your senses are getting heightened in order for you to act. And burnout is typically what happens when we get stuck in this stress response. So we're not completing it. Okay. That makes complete sense. So when you say stress response, is that kind of along the same lines of what we think of as, you know, freeze, fight, or flight, those kind of things? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So those are different ways that we respond to the stress. And for some people, especially people with PTSD or trauma history, they will continue to react in that way even when a threat isn't there because they are stuck in that cycle. That makes sense. So if we think of burnout as being stuck in the cycle, and I guess what is the best way then that somebody, before it gets bad enough that you're just, you know, full on that end spectrum of exhaustion from burnout, what are some ways that we could complete that stress cycle on our own? The research really shows us that there's some great, like accessible ways to do this. So physical activity is the single most efficient strategy to completing the stress cycle. So going on a walk, um, doing something active. Now, of course, this isn't accessible to everybody all the time, but figuring out different ways that you can move your body. And for some that might be a triathlon and for other people, it's just like some stretching while sitting down and figuring out what that is for you. Breathing is also really powerful. So trying to slow down your breath um, to regulate the stress response. Positive social interactions can also be really helpful. I know we haven't had a lot of that lately, Um, but even just being able to go out, they've shown like 
going out and seeing people on the street and waving and smiling or like buying a coffee somewhere and having a positive interaction can really help. Laughter is good. Um, affection. So like a hug, holding hands, crying can be really helpful. And then another great one is creative expression. So like art, journaling, anything like that can be very helpful. These are all really simple, but they work. Right. And so to, I guess, back up and like put it into action, if somebody taking kind of the classic example, if somebody is burnt out from work, is the idea behind burnout in the stress cycle, like, okay, I'm at my job all day and I'm, you know, I'm building up stress throughout the day from that job. Even when I get home, it's not necessarily like, it's not just going to stop on its own, the stress cycle. It's going to kind of keep going. Is that the idea or the concept? Exactly. So we have to have outlets where we are able to sort of offload some of that stress, especially for people who are in high anxiety, high stress jobs. So if you are a firefighter, um, you know, anybody that's dealing with crisis all day, if you don't find a time to help regulate your nervous system and bring everything down when you get home, it's going to just continue to add up. And that's why these things have to be done regularly, not just in moments of crisis. Absolutely. That makes sense. And It sounds like if you're already in the cycle, then, you know, and you're stressed, the best thing to do is to come home and try one of the things that you described that you listed that can kind of help us end the cycle on our own. Exactly. And you'll notice which ones tend to work more for you in certain situations. Um, Sometimes it's a lot of trial and error. That makes sense. So it sounds like it's not as with most things, it's not one size fit fits all. And it's kind of just testing it out. And like you said, some may be more accessible to others, depending on, you know, whatever limitations you may have. And so just testing it out on your own. Exactly. Is there any way on the front end, like before you even get in to the stress cycle or you know, too deep into it uh, to kind of prevent burnout or to prevent the activation of the stress cycle. For sure. So this is when it's important that we balance um, what is our responsibility and what is the responsibility of the institutions that we work with. So if you are um, working a job where they expect you to work 90 hours a week and they're giving you no support, I don't care how much deep breathing you do (laughs) and you're not getting enough sleep. Like at some point we're not going to be able to like keep climbing up the mountain and preventing things because we're up against too much. So I like to tell people that like we can focus on what we can do, which is the self care component, making sure you're sleeping, eating, getting outside, moving your body in some way. Um, you're prioritizing your needs, you have healthy relationships, like all these core things. And then we also need to hold workplaces accountable and make sure that parents get enough support, um, offer resources, you know, those are also prevention strategies. And I find that, especially in the workplace, a lot of the burden of prevention is placed on the individual. 
And if they can't figure it out, it's like, okay, well, you failed and you just weren't tough enough. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, that makes total sense to me. And as you were speaking and talking about that and making a really good point about, you know, the institutions we work for, it really made me think about how society and different people, I guess, maybe one way to ask this would be, can there be burnout, burnout among communities? So such as, I'm sure, you know, the black community currently, I would, I would at least speculate or guess that many individuals are probably burnt out from just the overwhelming stress and, you know, systematic kind of oppression that they have been dealing with and that is currently you know every time you turn on the news is kind of there um so I kind of wondered if you could speak on if how that kind of could arise among a community a thousand percent I think whenever we look at any type of community that doesn't have um access to resources or support or the same opportunities you're going to see burnout because Burnout arises from having to try so incredibly hard to make something work, right? With little to no result. And then feeling like you are a failure if you're not able to cut it, when really it's not just that you weren't trying, it's that there weren't enough resources there. So I think we see this among a ton of communities, whether it's the disabled, different minorities, um, the the sort of onus of responsibility is placed on them rather than trying to work together and make things a little bit more equitable so people can succeed with effort. Absolutely. That, that makes sense. It makes complete sense. And I think it's just something that I hadn't, I haven't really seen come up in the discussion of burnout. So I think that's really important. And I wonder how much kind of, I guess analogous to how you were describing there's only so much we can do if the job that we're working for is like whatever you need to work 80 hours a week. I would assume a lot of those various communities that you mentioned, like disabled, minorities, uh, there's only so much they can do, I'm sure, to combat kind of the stressors they're facing um, when the system, you know, is working against them, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's important to look at both sides. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to ask, you do have your course on burnout, and I, I've put that in the show notes. What if somebody want, you know, has been listening to this podcast episode, and they're interested in taking your course, what can they expect, you know, is within the burnout course and what would that look like? The course definitely touches on a lot of the things we've discussed today in much more detail. They would also be able to get um, some actual like tools, resources, things that they can start to do um, and add into their own life to help work through burnout or prevent it. Amazing. And I know that we talked about you know, you are currently a therapist. Is Are you taking on any new clients at this time? And do you only see people 
you know, where you're based. So in Florida. Yeah, I'm, I'm going on maternity leave in June, the beginning of June. <laughs> so I will not be taking on any new clients until October um, of 2021. And I do only see people in the state of Florida online. And then I see people in person in Miami. Amazing. And congratulations on your upcoming maternity leave. I hope, you know, everything goes well for you how are you feeling currently um thank you I appreciate it I'm doing all right you know hanging in there good I'm sure you know with the pandemic and everything I'm I'm sure it's been a trying time to be pregnant so I my heart goes out to you and anyone else who's (laughs) been pregnant during this last crazy year that we've had um what other things have you been working on that people, you know, may want to know about? I just released another course um, that's called Emotions 101, and it is a much longer course than the burnout one. It includes four live office hours with me throughout the month of May, and I think as of right now, I have like 18 spots left in that course. So that's something else that everybody can check out if they're interested. And you can find that through my Instagram page as well. Perfect. And I'll definitely, I'll put a link in the show notes as well. If anybody just wants to click and access your store and check it out that way. Great. To, Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, to wrap up today, I thought one thing I thought would be interesting. And I know when we talked about burnout, you know, creative expression was one of the ways that can kind of help end the stress cycle. If you don't mind, I would love it if you would share some of your hobbies and just some of the ways, you know, that you practice creative expression. Sure. So hobbies for me are definitely just like being active. I like going to the beach, being outside, walking, which is getting definitely more challenging (laughs) for me as days go by. And to be honest, my Instagram account really is a huge creative outlet for me. I'm so grateful to have that space to just like put my thoughts. Um, So what is work is also a great like stress release for me. And that's, I'm very grateful for that. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. I only, I mean, I started mine in August, but I'm not sure. I'm curious actually if whether you've had any experience or background in graphic design. Um, I hadn't, but I've found that it's, I'm not a good like pen and paper artist, but I've found that it's really fun creatively. And I find a lot of like creative expression and positive feelings, I guess, from kind of playing around and making designs and doing that kind of thing. So I would love to kind of hear you from you. (laughs) Yeah, I use that program called Canva. Same. I love it. A learning (laughs) experience for me. I am not a uh, artistic person, I would say. But I've also enjoyed the process of like trying to make things look aesthetically pleasing and seeing the feedback that I get. Absolutely. I use the same program and I will say I feel like it's so user friendly and you know like I definitely have never felt like 
I needed some kind of tech degree, you know, to navigate it. Like it's been pretty, I've been able to like play around with it and it's been fun. So (laughs) I agree. It's definitely one of the easier ones out there if you don't feel super comfortable. (laughs) Yes. And my last question for you is just what are you currently binge watching or just watching a lot of on either, you know, Netflix or whatever you watch things on or you know what have you been watching during yeah I've watched pretty much every show there is but I just (laughs) finished um my husband and I just finished watching like every season of Shameless through to the end oh my god yeah yeah which is like the best show ever and then um, now I'm re-watching the last season of Handmaid's Tale because it starts again on Wednesday and I forget absolutely everything that happened Oh my gosh. I First of all, I loved Shameless, especially up until Fiona left. I thought it was like one of the best shows. It was still okay, but I don't think it had the same feel after she left. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was sad when the show ended, both with her and when it ended. Yeah, period. absolutely. And Hands Made Tale, oh my gosh, such a good show I'm actually so glad you mentioned that because I forgot that it comes back <laughs> this Wednesday yes, Wednesday <laughs> that show gets me like in my stress cycle definitely <laughs> when I'm watching For it sure. I'm always like oh my gosh what's gonna happen yep. I'm, I'm definitely so curious where they go with this next season but I've been on the edge of my seat with that one <laughs> Well, thank you so much for for coming on here and talking. It's been a pleasure having you. Of course. Thank you again for having me. And I look forward to hearing it when it's out. 